We're live on Instagram. We are in person. In person, first episode of In the Fight in person, and joining me today, Matt Reed. What's up, 137 fam? I'm very excited to be here with Bo. We got Emily over here too. So we got at least part of our team that continues to grow like every single week. Like it's shocking to me. Like every time we go into a team meeting, it's more and more people now. So first of all, I want to applaud both of you because Tyler, not feeling well today. Yeah. I don't think you can call out your boss for being sick, you know. Maybe just did yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And then Connor, who I was supposed to see Eternals with tonight, bailed on me to see Eternals. So he thank you. Did. You guys are like real ones at least. Thank fucking God. Um, we are live on Instagram and we'll be talking UFC 268. We will be talking Canelo and we'll be taking questions from Instagram as we go along. So, Matt, you were watching UFC, correct? I was, and you were there. So, I want to I want to flip the squ- uh, flip the switch on you a little bit here and ask you what were your big takeaways just being there in person, probably being a little buzzed. Oh, but oh. Being, being there and seeing a UFC fight live for the first time probably since COVID started. It was the craziest week of my life. Like, just like no bullshit around it. Craziest week of my life. Uh, Starting with a last minute trip to Vegas for the Canelo plant fight week, which was absolutely bonkers. And, you know, getting one on one FaceTime with Canelo, getting one on one FaceTime with Caleb Plant. And not just that, but like I got to hang in the green room. I'm talking it up with like people I've grown up watching their TV shows. I've grown up listening to their podcasts or reading their articles. So Every single person I was, like, marking out totally. Like, hey, I love your work. Like, I'm a big fan. Yeah. So that was exciting. Then we wrapped up the, the press conference week for Canelo. We bounced from Vegas to New York on a red eye Friday night. And then we just uh, – we got the party started pretty early on Saturday. So <laughs> by, the time, by the time 10 o'clock or whatever rolled around on Saturday night, it was an electric – electric atmosphere in MSG. And, I mean, let alone MSG. We didn't even bring that up yet. But MSG, huge fight night. Um, In a weird way, my biggest takeaway from watching live versus, like, TV or just back to normal with the big environment, it feels way more random. Like, when I'm watching on TV, I'm I'm expecting the better fighter to win. Gotcha. And it feels very more – like, a lot more specific – you're trusting that, oh, the guy with the better stand-up will outperform sure. on stand-up. But when you're at MSG and the place is going fucking crazy, yeah. it feels random as hell. Like there, It does not <laughs> feel like, oh, one man's going to win. It just feels like it's an absolute coin toss. So, so that was like one of the really interesting things to me watching during COVID was that every time you listen yeah. to Panic or whoever's broadcasting, they're talking about how without fans, it's a completely different experience because – you can hear the corners talking. You can hear the actual Facts. punches making contact with your opponent. Facts. And to me, that's just like one of the super fascinating things about this because now you're going back to MSG, the Mecca, one of the greatest arenas in the world, and that place was fucking buzzing. I mean, just from a TV yeah. aspect, it was so loud. So I can only imagine what it was like you being there in person. Two things. Shout out to John Anik because... Incredible guy. And you know him very well. And he showed me a right. lot of love last week. Yeah. Uh, he posted a picture on Instagram 
with him and Piotr Jan, yep. uh, your new interim 135-pound champion. Guy's a beast. Oh, absolute stud. And when I had Anik on the show, I asked him, like, is there someone whose abilities seem to change, like, when you see them live right. versus on TV? Right. He has, you know, the easy ones like Francis Ngannou, just because it's, of like, so an dominant and brute force and all that. But he said the other one is Piotr Jan. And he mentioned it on the broadcast yeah. during UFC 267. And then last week in his Instagram post, he posted a picture with Piotr Yanni. He goes, I was on a podcast with my man Bo Templin. And this was, I was like, what? Get the fuck out of here. There's no way that this is real. In the fight, if you haven't already, please go download. Oh, my goodness. Shane's yeah. Shameless plug. Yeah. 37 pod. Like and subscribe. Yep. Uh, 137 p.m. The other thing I noticed, live atmosphere. MSG. I don't know if Bruce Buffer's It's Time could ever get more lit than MSG main event Saturday night, 1 a.m., like, buzzed, not sober. I guess we can start with Fight of the Night. Do you have a pick, preference, choice? One it, it's, so being being somebody that really likes Geishi, um, that yeah. fight was immediately very enticing to me. But honestly, I thought the Fight of the Night was Rose and, and Zhang. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it really could have gone either way. Um, when I saw it was a split decision, I kind of thought that Zeng was going to win. Um, if you take the stats out of it, if, if, you, if you take the clinch out of it, I know Rose had like seven minutes of, of getting her in the clinch, but I, I really thought Zeng was going to win. And, and those fights, every single fight that they've had so far has just been a brawl. I mean, oh my goodness. they're battered yeah, after, yeah, yeah. after they're done. Well, Thug Rose, like, I think she learned a little bit from her first experience as a champion. Right. Uh, you know, losing the belt right away. And then the moment she got it back, it seemed different. She she came in a little more focused. But sure. you knew Wei Li was going to have a better performance. You knew it wasn't going to end in the first round by any means. Yeah. And we kept saying this in the stands the whole night. And this isn't an official UFC rule. This isn't official, you know... Nevada or New York Athletic Commission guidelines, right. but in my opinion, in a 50-50 fight, you have to beat the champ. I don't yes. think, like, you winning two 50-50 rounds, like, I just don't think that's the way it should be decided. So, being somebody that follows UFC as closely as you do, and obviously you're watching this stuff every week, would you think that at some point they're going to have to actually clarify the rules and be like, hey... Like tie in baseball, yeah, tie yeah, yeah. goes to the runner. Like UFC, tie goes to the champ. Yes. Because it kind of does feel that way. And for a lot of casual UFC fans that are just watching a fight like that for the first time, they may be like, "Shit! Like, why didn't the other girl win?" Yeah. Again, though, just I think to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, yeah. and I think that was the best way to go about it. Um, in MSG, it was a little interesting. They were definitely booing Whaley, yeah. and uh, yeah. probably unfairly so. She put on a great performance, and it kind of felt like slimy. Sure. Uh, but it is what it is. Yeah. Fight of the night, I mean, Gagey Chandler. Like, people just absolutely were waiting for that the right. whole night. And then, you know, it's the first fight on the main card. After that fight ends, there's, like, a little bit of an adrenaline dump yeah. where people, like, even the next fight, which was Billy Q versus Shane Burgos. Yep. Outstanding, incredible bloodbath of a fight, right. but people were just too fucking exhausted from the day before, and you know, just yeah. or the day before the fight before, and just couldn't like get back up right. in time. So that was another thing <laughs> different than I had expected from you know watching at home versus in person. Sometimes, do you think it's actually like counterintuitive having so many amazing fights on one card? Very unique way to sometimes 
balance out their cards. They'll have a fight card where it's like obviously Connor, who's a main draw. He's the biggest yeah. fighter to this point still in the sport. But they they'll kind of dilute the rest of the card yeah. to really build up to that title fight or what honestly, whatever fight he's in at this point. But then you have a card like this where it's just stacked. I mean, every single yeah. fight on paper is ridiculously good. No matter what, they're going to do that at MSG, I think. Right. Anytime, like, you know, you, you're fighting in the world's most famous arena, they want to deck out the card. And yep. they want you to be there for four hours. Sure. I think they want you spending money on beer and spending money on, you know, food and water, whatever. Yep. It started um, at six, too. I mean, that's early. That's a long yeah. time to yep. be at MSG. Yeah, we weren't there by then. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but some people were. But even, yeah. like, dude, I'm telling you, Kamar Usman, Col- Colby Covington... Started at one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a West Coast born and raised. Right, like right. that's you know, it's a late that's night. bedtime. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm done so by then. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Oh no. Okay. So I'm just trying to think of other things that kind of stood out to me. Colby Covington was brilliant on Saturday, and I'm not even necessarily talking about fighting, but I think he is one of the greatest entrances in oh, my opinion. I mean, it's dude, it hit so yeah. fucking hard live. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. But if you love and you respect Kamaru Usman, right? right? If you think he's the pound-for-pound pound best, if you think he's the greatest welterweight of all time, to whatever extent you think Kamaru Usman is that great, sure. Colby Covington is the counterpart. Not necessarily kryptonite, but he's the counterpart. So by nature, if you think Kamaru Usman is that yeah. good and couldn't finish Colby or whatever in that right. time, you guys show a little love to Colby then. He's... He's so entertaining, and I think a lot of what makes him so exciting, like you said, is the entrance. It's his persona. It's how (laughs) how much shit he talks throughout the week. And then he obviously delivers in the fights as well. It's just like the complete package. Yeah. Kind of what you get from Connor as well. Then the other smart thing he did. Immediately walks into the presser, right? Walks into the presser after the fight. He just took an L. Yep. What's the first thing he does? He doesn't go... Oh bullshit decision by the refs. Yeah. He doesn't go. Oh bad stuff. You know bad call by the by the you know ref in the cage or the judges. Mm-hmm. First thing he does, he goes, "I want Jorge Masvidal. Get the attention on the next fight. No one talks about the loss. Right. Just immediately, immediately from a PR standpoint, just go to the next fight." He he's somebody that completely understands branding. Like he he's always on to the next. And like Masvidal is going to be. Uh, Another massive fight. Like, I know. I know. You can't possibly go from Usman yeah. to another fighter and, and skip over Masvidal because that's such a big fight right off the bat. So I think most like diehard MMA people know this, but sure. Masvidal and Covington were best friends. That's great. They trained together. They lived yeah. together. Masvidal let them sleep on the couch. Yeah. You know, growing up in Florida. Right. So there's like genuine, genuine bad blood in this yeah, thing. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. Talk to me a little about a little bit about Canelo as well, because yeah. I think a lot of people were, sh- myself included, were kind of shocked by how well Plant fought. I don't think people really understood. And and one of the standout videos after the fact was literally they caught it in the ninth round of them talking to each other mid fight, and Plant goes to Canelo, "Did you realize I was this good?" Yeah, it, it's it's incredible. You're nine rounds into a fight, you're fucking exhausted. And you're still having full-on conversations with your opponent. It's it's crazy. To me. So I'm not saying that I'm right in my opinion here. Yeah. I think you can absolutely be right. I disagree though. Okay. I actually think that moment when Caleb Plant 
tells Canelo, like, oh, I'm better than you thought. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm pretty good, huh? Yeah. It's him bending the knee. And it's him saying, like, oh, I'm not going to beat you, but yeah. I want you to give me credit that I'm an okay fighter. That's fair. So whether or not, like, I'm right or wrong, yeah. that's in a way you could do it. Now, I love Caleb Plant's demeanor yeah. all fight week. Mm-hmm. Answered questions the right way. True to his heart. Genuine dude. Yeah. Motherfucker can box, too, sure. which makes it sure. amazing. But loved his vibe the whole week. I just thought in that moment it was a little bit of, like, Oh, I'm not going to beat him. Let's see if I can fish for a compliment. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe I'm capping, but like... No, just... I can see that. And on it, like, as some way that's never boxed at any kind of level. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to say, like, what's going through your mind in that type of moment. And honestly, I, I could see how if you think that you're beat and you're going up against one of the greatest fighters of all time, that you might kind of throw something in like that just to be like... <laughs> After the fact, oh, you said this during the fight. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take what I can get. So Canelo becomes the first boxer to hold all four belts at 168 pounds. Yeah, he becomes the first Mexican fighter to mm-hmm. hold all four belts in a division. Incredible. Any weight class, right? That's history. That is. In the last 365 days, he has fought four times, four belts, wiped out a yeah. division. In 365 days, like, I don't know if we've ever seen a run like he just went on over the last 365 I can't days. even fathom fighting four times in a year. That's just, like, wild to me. Because you really don't see that. Ever like, anymore. Whether it's boxing, UFC, anything. Like, it, it's just so rare to put your body through that type of pain that many times a year. So I, t- I was talking to the Morning Combat is one of the mo- more popular, yeah. like, MMA boxing podcasts sure. um, for Showtime. And I was talking to the two hosts, Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell, mm-hmm. and they kind of said exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. yo, he feels old school. He's fighting all the time. Yeah. It's champion versus champion. This felt like, and I told them this, like, this felt like a fight you could drop in the 1970s. Yeah. No one would blink an eye. Yeah. Champion versus champion. Always oh, fought multiple times this year. It, it just feels like a fight from back in the day. And, and I guess that's why people love Canelo and he's the cash cow. Yeah. I mean, he's just, for, for me, somebody that's not even as into boxing as somebody like my dad who grew up in just yeah. a completely different generation. I mean, I love Canelo. And there, there's just nothing to not like about him, whether it's the way he goes about himself speaking or it's his, the way he presents himself within fights. Um, but what what comes next now? Because like you said, he's done so much in this past year yeah. and he has essentially cleaned out an entire division. Yeah. Like, there's really nobody for him to fight there. So, the, and this is now when the bullshit politics comes into boxing. Right. Canelo has done something really smart, which he's a free agent. He can go from promotion to promotion to promotion. Right. He didn't sign, like, he's no longer part of a 10-year deal with one company. He's which is smart. Yep. Super smart. Yeah. That's what allowed him to unify. Right. Was going 1v1. He was like, yo, I'll go fight him on DAZN. I'll go fight him on DAZN one more time, and then I'll yeah. fight on Showtime later sure. on in the year. So that's only possible if guys are willing to be free agents. It takes a lot of confidence in right. yourself to not take a $10 million or you know $20 million payday over five years. Exactly. Deal. Yep. What Canelo did being free agent, really smart. What's next? The bullshit politics of boxing. There's four belts, four different organizations, and one of them is going to say, like, hey, you have to defend your this belt against this mandatory by defender by this yeah. date or else we strip you. Right. That's going to happen eventually. Like, yeah. you won't be able to hold it for forever. Um, Charlo, Arter Better Be Ever, probably two of the names you would throw into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, Benavidez, but 
it's kind of Canelo's world. He said he wants to fight in May, so he has a little bit of time to make that decision. Right, so what other, because like you were saying before we jumped on, there are some other big fights coming up. What else are you looking forward to as we get closer to the end of the year? So, real quick, we got a comment saying Canelo's ducking Charlo. <laughs> um, someone said Errol Spence, but that's not, like, that's not going to happen. Right. Errol Spence is miles away from Something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, okay. So this person and crypto investment mentality, sounds like a real bright guy, um, <laughs> said he's fighting bums, said he's ducking Charla. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, he's fighting bums. He's ducking Charlo. Neither of that is true. Like, he just unified a division. Right. So I don't really give a fuck if you think he's fighting bums. Like, he's just fighting the guys who hold the belts. Exactly. Um, and like you said, he'll probably end up fighting him anyway. Yeah, so Charlo, if he really wanted the fight, and I, I'm not necessarily in on the details of a negotiation. Sure. Charlo has to be willing, though, to move up to 168, too. Right. You know, the, the bigger you are, the more pay you're going to get. Like, yeah. And that's generally the rule in boxing. Like, mm-hmm. the bigger the weight class, the more pay. So if Charlo wants it, meet him up at 68, and we'll see what happens. But... Uh, the Triple G fight is always in consideration. You know, if you want to run it back a third time, you have to do it somewhat soon. Triple G's at the end of his career. So, um, any fights you're looking forward to the rest of the year? I'm, I'm going December 11th, I think. Are you? UFC 269 in oh, Vegas. Man. That uh, fight week in Vegas is just like such a vibe. Like, yeah. you know, I'm so upset that I haven't had the chance to do it yet. But, like, yeah. that to me is just like such something I have to do in the near future because it, it seems like such a fun vibe. Corey Masvidal fights yeah. December 11th. I, I mean, I, I've always been a big Masvidal. How, how can I mean, he not he's, be? He's so hard to... I mean, whether he's shit-talking your guy or not, like, he's just so much fun <laughs> during a fight week. We got a comment, that this is, and this is great. Like, I don't know how to say the handle, so I apologize, but someone said that Canelo's the Mike Tyson of the Mexicans. Okay. Which I fucking love yeah, that's that. Pretty good. Like, I good, absolutely good love comparison. that. Good yeah. comparison. Um, probably a little slicker defensively, a little smarter. Yeah. Um, What's Canelo's only loss Mayweather? Yes, eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago, I was not able to drive a car. Yeah. So I don't know how much weight we want to hold on to a loss from eight years ago. Yeah. Um, okay, looking ahead, looking ahead. Mike Garcia is a real fighter who had the balls to fight any class, any fight. I, yeah, I respect the hell out of Mike Garcia. Didn't look good two weeks ago or whatever, but yeah, Mike Garcia, great career. Um, December 11th. UFC 269, we have the Masvidal fight. Right. Uh, Amanda Nunes fights that night. Really exciting. So, since, since you bring her yeah. up, what does she do? Like, because she's at this point, yeah. similar to Canelo, where it's just like you're running out of fighters yeah. to fight, and she's already cleaned out multiple divisions. So it's also kind of a power tactic. Yeah. It's like now that Canelo's gotten to the top, and same with Amanda Nunes, yeah. the people below have to fight each other. So no, it's no longer Canelo's responsibility yeah. to go after people. Like, oh, no, I want that. Now Canelo says, yo, I hold all four belts. You have to come fight me. So fight each other, figure it out. Same thing with Amanda Nunes. Mm-hmm. Kayla Harrison fights for the PFL. She just won a million dollars in the tournament. She's a free agent. Uh, she was spotted at the Madison Square Garden okay. UFC event. So there's a chance. There's a chance there. But I think they have, like, a relationship a little bit as friends. And I don't know exactly the full story, but... Um, I mean, Amanda is just too damn good. I just don't know who else it would be. Do you think her success will, whether it's right now or in the immediate future, force Dana and UFC to really invest more in female fighters? Because it feels like when you look at just the overall roster yeah. of clients yeah, yeah, on yeah. the men's side, that it, 
doesn't necessarily match up on the women's side right now. So, like, when it comes to, like, the top percentages, yes. Yeah. Like, the top, you know, 5% of female fighters, I think they get their fair share of representation or fair share of money. Sure. Below that, probably not so much. Right. The other problem that they have is that 145 pounds in the female division of the UFC, there's just not that many fighters. Yeah. And, like, you run out of options and talent. So... That's the other issue that is that just face. a UFC problem or is no, that a greater no, Bellator yeah, yeah, yeah. every promotion? Every right? promotion okay. kind of battles with depth at, at one hundred forty. It's just a big weight class, right? Like one hundred forty five pounds is a really big for sure person. So um, that's interesting. Last thing I want to mention: December eleventh, UFC two sixty nine. Sean O'Malley, Vayner yes. Vayner Sports client, yes. will be fighting. And humble brag. I, I think I got an invite to the post-fight oh, party boy. at the nightclub. Wow. So uh, Bo's going to be like shirtless running around <laughs> celebrating a Sean O'Malley knockout. That's a sight to see. Oh, my God. Um, Matt, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. I wanted to come. Like, if I was coming to New York, I was like, yo, I just want to do something in person. I know. It feels so weird conducting an interview or being part of an interview in person. Like, this is the first time since. It is. For me, Probably like February 2020. It so is. So I nuts. totally agree. Had a blast. And thank you. Appreciate all the help, dude. You're the best. Um, Instagram Live. Love you. 137. We will talk tomorrow morning, noon, Eastern time. Eternals review with Connor. Even yes. though he's not going to go see the movie with me. <laughs> that motherfucker. All right. Peace out, guys. Later.